Welcome to Business for Builders. This is uh, episode number two or part number two. I'm with Tony Guattari, who is a, an outstanding business per- person, trainer, uh, and borderline motivator. He was pretty excitable in the uh, the first uh, the, the first episode, so I'm really looking forward to this one. Welcome back, Tony. Um, good to see you again, man. The weather in Sydney would be great. We should go to Bondi Beach next time I'm down under. Take me there. Yeah, sure. With all the other Canadians, mates. Okay, okay. There are millions of because I hear Canada is a cold country, my friends. Mate, it's yeah, right now that it's blue skies and sunshine, and it's pretty remarkable. Because a yeah, week ago we had, like we had minus twenty degrees or some some insane, ridiculous cold. Oh, I've seen it down to minus twenty, but it's. Uh, I think anybody who's up north, it could go as low as minus fifty, which is ridiculous. Minus 50. Oh, my goodness me. Okay. There must be many penguins in Canada. Okay. Oh, geez. And it's. Uh, I I don't think I could live in Canada. I I know that you one day said, oh, you should come out and speak to our builders. Yeah. Mate, just if you were ever going to do that, can I ask you to uh, really only invite me during summer? I can. Okay. Okay. I I have no desire to come to Canada. Okay, and I have a white Christmas gift, Max. I'm okay with that. Okay, okay? I'll, I'll keep that in mind. I'll, I'll keep it from, uh, let's say, uh, April to September, October, and that that means you'll, that, you'll avoid, awesome. avoid the cold. All right, so last episode we chatted about, you know, three ways to uh, maybe develop a business, you know, trial and terror, uh, coaching and, and uh, consultancy or franchising. This time around we're going to quickly chat about um, – the two forces that every business needs to embrace, and that is, you know, brand power and the power of team. I uh, I know last time we spoke, you know, you, you were talking or alluding to the fact that builders try and do everything on their own, and that's really got an expiry date um, because we're just not robots. We're not machines. And I think at some point I'll say, I said this often, is that we've got to move from me to we. And so, you know, I want to, I just want to talk about how brand power and the power of team can actually make your life a lot easier and probably make your business a lot more profitable. So share us your thoughts on that, Tone. Okay. Um, look, um, the business of general contracting is that you're predominantly doing business with the end user. It's what is classically called a business-to-consumer um, sale. Yeah. Now, in a business-to-consumer sale, and most, um, we we need to understand that the vast majority of the transactions are sizable dollar transactions. And when the dollars increase on any transaction, there is more risk. Mm -hmm. There is more risk that the consumer is, is actually trying to address. And the fundamental function of any business is to try to reduce risk. Now, when you have a strong brand, the brand itself is a very powerful risk reduction strategy. True. Because people will then look at the brand and they will look at the brand saying, and let's just say Smith & Sons, for example, you know, we have what um, roughly 95 members across Australia, New Zealand and Canada. Correct. Now, you're going to look at the website and you're going to go to yourself Okay, if you're a punter, okay, you're going to look at the website and you're going to go, wow, these guys are big. Okay. Big for a lot of people means security. 
Sure. Because you can't be big if you're not good. So in many ways, the brand really helps the sale, but it also does something else too magical. Right. It gives the client value for money. So you don't have to focus on price. So you don't have to be the cheapest in the marketplace. So you, you can still be competitive, but you can actually, you don't have to be at the gutter level of mm -hmm. pricing. Okay. And that's the challenge sometimes when you've got a new franchisee because he's used to quoting in the old way when yep. he was the business. And now he comes to this upgraded engine with this great brand, great systems, um, great sales training, uh, good quality leads coming in. And he's got to change his mindset. He's got to believe the value in the brand before the client does. Yeah, okay? good point. Sure. You can't fake it until you make it here. Yeah. Um, and, and the brand is incredibly important because it gives you credibility. Uh, and that's the power of the brand for a general contractor. And that can't be underestimated um, in many, many ways. Yeah, I've seen, I've heard stories from a couple of our guys here how they feel um, that when they talk to clients, they never seem to get the questions that they used to get prior to joining to Smithy's. Things like, do you have insurance? Um, or they don't feel like they get disrespected as much by clients. And, you know, that could have a, there could be a bunch of reasons for that. But they do feel since they got involved with the brand, they've definitely had more street credibility, so to speak, than what they did, you know, privately or personally with their with their old brand. So, yeah, that's a lot of what you're saying resonates with, you know, our, our mandate and sort of our, our belief for sure. Yeah. Um, so, look, I guess um, with, with that, you know, all these guys, we talk about, you know, more leads, more profit, better lifestyle. Now, you know... If we're going to build a team, obviously there is power in team. We know that, and it's easy. It rolls off the tongue fairly quickly. Um, what's what's your suggestions around guys who are sort of you know have this well, nobody can do it better than I can do it mentality, and yet they want to build a business, and yet we both know that going you know and trying to build a big business solo is just not possible. So tell me about you know recruitment. Um, you know, you know, development of a good culture, understanding, you know, how important it is uh, and how much of an influence it has to your bottom line and, and just overall business capabilities, what you, what you do when you, you know, decide to build a business in that way. So we've got to move from me to we. How do I get my head around it if I'm stuck in my way of like, I don't believe, because again, that's a mindset thing. So it's like, what, what advice can you give if we say, okay, power and team and brand, You've got a good brand, but you don't necessarily have a team. Um, what yeah. are some What are um, some keys around recruitment? Okay, I, I think one of the keys is, um, and I think you've hit the nail on the head, is that you've got to actually release this philosophy that says no one can do it. No one can do it as good as me. Um, and I think that's one of the challenges that we tend to have. Yeah. And I think in many ways, because they've come from a building background and they've got their qualification in building, yep. they get stuck doing the technical work. And they might even enjoy doing that technical work, Max. It's I agree. Like yep. They do. And they, they, they love it. They love being on the tools. But you can't have your cake and eat it too. You can't sort of say, 
you're going to have a great business and you can still be on the tools. Doesn't okay. Work. Now, now, and it just doesn't work that way. Now you might go on the tools occasionally just to get a bit of a hobby going where it's a bit like a, you know, oh, I need my little tool fix. Yep. But it's essentially um, something you do out of joy, but you don't do it as a profession anymore. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, but because you've got to actually make that shift. You've got to settle something. Do you want a business or do you want a job? Right. Okay. Yep. Now, if you want a business, you're going to have to actually treat it like a business and you're going to have to let go of certain things and surrender them. Mm-hmm. Okay. And you're going to have to get your ego out of the way. Okay. You're going to have to allow others and they're not going to ever be as good as you, Max. I know that. But you know what? Um, you, 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 do, you can't go to the gym and expect to be as fit as the instructor from day one. Yeah. Okay? You've got to train them. You've got to develop them. You've got to mentor them. You've got to coach them. You, you've got to really do that. So I think that's the first philosophy. Um, the other philosophy in teams, and I'm just going to give you nuggets of wisdom that I use, is hire on attitudes, train on skill. Yeah, good point. Um, you know, because nothing is more tragic to a business owner than having terrible customers and having a terrible team. Just imagine, wow, I'm really enjoying work at the moment because all of my clients are, are, are really below the line and all of my team members are below the line. Yeah. Joy, oh joy. Why not expand <laughs> the business more so I can do more of this? There's a hint of sarcasm there, Tone. <laughs> well, and, you know, and you see it all the time, you know, like they're like herding cats and, um, you know, and, and, you know and, and that's why you've got to really ensure that you hire on attitude and train on skill. Now, the benefit of a franchise is that you've already got that skill in the business, so you don't have to necessarily train them. Like I know in, in, if I joined your business, say, for example, and I joined and I put on someone in my back office to run the software, I wouldn't have to train them. Mm-hmm. You would train them. And I'd say, because you're part of my team, I would say, hey, Max, I've got this new person that's going to look after all of my administration site. Can you train them for me? And you go, yep, no problems, Tony. We can help them out. Yep. Um, so that's ultimately in the day. So I think you've got to train them. I think they've got to have a great attitude. The other thing that I would also suggest, and it sounds rather callous, but it's not meant to be callous, mm-hmm. is um, um, hire slowly, fire quickly. Right. Okay. Okay. Because nothing is toxic to a culture than a team member that doesn't need to be on your bus. Sure. And what you've got to do, you've got to have the courage to tell people this is our culture. You've got to actually be really brutally transparent and say, you know what, before you join Tony Guattari Enterprises, okay, I know you want to join here. Let me just tell you about our culture. Mm-hmm. I, should not, I should not hide that. I should actually promote that. Yeah. Because what I want from you, Max, I want two things. I love your culture. This is my dream job. Okay. Or, oh, my goodness me, this sounds like way too much hard work. Yeah. Okay. No, no, I definitely don't want the job. I want to get rid of you before I employ you. Okay. Because yeah. I don't want somebody 
who is actually going to be toxic in the environment mm -hmm. because then I have to micromanage you and that becomes really draining. Yeah. So sure. there's some ideas on team. Um, always promote your culture. Always know what your culture is and promote your culture and never compromise your culture. Yeah, good point. So obviously, you know, going back to your story with, you know, Harvey Norman, for you to take a business from 12 million to five, six, uh, you know, 560 odd or 65 million, that would have, the, the whole recruitment, because obviously you didn't just sort of get on your bike and start to sell more, that you would have had to have done something with the brand if it was a discount. I know that after reading your book, you incorporated labels like HP and, you know, some of the sexier um, models or brands of, of computers and PCs. Uh, and so I just would, you know, what did you see happen from the time it was 12 million to the time it was 565 as it relates to the brand and the power of the brand? And just to sort of, we'll close out on this actually, um, you know, to see that the business develop, what role did brand and the ability to recruit talent into, into Harvey Norman at that time to create that growth over that nine year period? What did that look like? Okay, well, the brand became very dominant. Uh, we changed the name from Harvey Norman Discounts to Harvey Norman. Okay. And at one stage, Max, um, it was ridiculous, and it's not like this anymore, but Harvey Norman Computers had 82% market share of every personal computer sold in retail was sold through a Harvey Norman outlet. Right. Okay, that's the power of the brand. Now, we continue to promote the brand all the time. You know, the whole philosophy is, we were winning, but we actually realized if we didn't continue to build and market the brand and we continue to promote the brand at all times. So we did a lot of marketing, even when it was very easy to take your foot off the pedal because you were successful. And we realized that we needed to continue to really uh, be in front of the customer all the time to create that dominance. Then what happened, Max, is that as we became more successful, we attracted people that wanted to join the business. Right. So in the early days, it was really hard to get good people, okay, because they go, oh, I don't want to work for a discounter called Harvey Norman. But as soon as we became successful, everybody wanted to, even our suppliers, you know, they worked for Compact and HP. Yep. They actually became franchisees of Harvey Norman because they're going, I want to join this thriving company. So when you are attractive, you tend to attract good people. Right. It's the law of attraction. Mm -hmm. So as you create your culture and your team to be attractive, it's amazing how you can recruit really good people because they want to work for you. They hear around the traps. They go, oh, wow, this guy's really good. He's going places. And people want to work for someone if they know that they're going places. Yeah. You know, they want to. They don't just want to work for a paycheck. They actually want to work occasionally for a purpose where they're actually part of something. And that's why the business owner really needs to embrace the culture and to really be the advocate and really, you know, communicating to the team all the time. You can't under-communicate. You need to communicate where the business is going, where they're going, and just really keep them involved in that whole process, yeah. which is so vital. So vital. Yeah, that, that's interesting that it ties together. The, the the better the brand gets, you know, and the leadership component is obviously there, but then you start to attract good talent, which means if you are very intimately understanding on how powerful a culture is, then you start attracting good people in your business. So that's a very exponential fundamental then um, because yeah. it almost happens as a natural byproduct.
But I Absolutely. mean, having to launch a brand in North America here from a standing start, I mean, it's brutally slow. I mean, it just is. But you know, this the end of this year, end of twenty twenty. It's it's been a fairly challenging year, but it's certainly um, you know it's gonna we're gonna finish pretty strong. Fairly, what I might say to you, Tone, because nobody else will get this, but very Queenslander. And I hate to bring up the Queenslander thing at this time because obviously there was a little contest that happened there in Brisbane just recently, which I think the Queensland guys were able to win. <laughs> they were. Much to the uh, much to the horror of New South Wales, but anyway, you get that. Let's not talk about that because Let's... all the Canadians wouldn't care about that. They wouldn't give so, a rip. So uh... they wouldn't give a rip. Yeah. It's ice hockey, and it's um, you know they're not we're not going to talk football rugby league. No, it's okay. not. It's a location joke. But um, look, man, I think that's been a pretty powerful episode. Um, you know, I really understand better the fact that brand and you know you build a bigger brand, you attract good talent. And, you know, hire slowly, fire quickly. That's an interesting concept. Uh, I think our general contractors are certainly going to, um, you know, feel empowered, I guess, get a bit more understanding. And that is the purpose of this show, is to bring those sorts of things that we don't technically get taught at college and throughout the apprenticeship to start hearing from it. And I'm sure that it's not hard. I mean, your, your YouTube channel is awesome. I mean, it's a great resource. Like I said, the book is very much a workbook that you've just written there, the business success one. And so, you know, if, if you're a builder in the audience there or a general contractor, um, I think a lot of the time if you have that, you know, mindset that says, well, I need to change my business. If I'm going to, you know, change the business, it's going to start with me. Then I think Tony's uh, websites, Tony's YouTube channels, Tony's, you know, books and things are certainly going to help you do that. So, um, look, Tony, it's been a pleasure on this episode, uh, but we're going to get you back for one more and um, it's going to be some more exciting times. So really appreciate your time, Tony. Fantastic. Thanks, Max.